Hello, my name is Dave. Dave Gamer Dave Naple. This is my co-host, Saul Starsheep and Cena. We, we're going to start like that. Let's see why not. Mm -hmm. Do you want to use your... Do you want to think of a better gamer tag right now? Hey! Hey! <laughs> Anyways, you just started, I guess. Um, Did we? Yeah, sure. pretty much. I've been recording this whole time. I was going to ask if you were recording. Yeah. I assumed you were, but I was Because sure. why not, I guess. Because why not? Um, so yeah, this is our podcast that I guess we're just trying. Um, are we going to go without the intro then? My what? great intro? Or are we going to use the one that I did? We'll just use the one that so, you did, so I guess. So right, right, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, nothing really else to say, I guess, so far, because this is literally square one for us, essentially. Um, if you're listening, thanks. Hopefully you'll find this somewhat interesting. If you're listening, I'm sorry. But it, thank you. It, but thank you, yes. Um, I don't know. Hopefully you'll find something that's at least funny. Um, I guess just to preface, the whole reason we've sort of started this, and at least got some encouragement, is, uh, just from these general conversations that, that Dave and I have with each other, that can more often than not get unnecessarily heated, I guess. Um, it's not that we argue, like, all the time, and whenever we do, it's always something over something, you know, trivial, like, mostly Disney movies, uh, video games, more Disney movies. I think we've had the most heated conversations over Disney movies that yes. I've ever had with anybody in my entire life. Wow, really? I think so. Wait, the most, so the most heated discussions about Disney movies or the most heated discussions in general you've ever had in your life are with me about Disney movies? In general, in my life. Wow, all right. And when I was in high school, I used to think I knew stuff about politics. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah you you hold the you hold the trophy i guess right um and that was about tangled um but that's gonna have to be its own episode because i'm yeah. sure uh i'm sure i'm gonna get angry over it again i'm sure you will <laughs> i don't you think it's still oh, okay i shouldn't get into that now please don't <laughs> no yeah, please okay. don't um and so i mean i guess that's enough preface there's not a whole lot of stuff to preface about so um, let's go ahead and get started. So on the docket today, we have, uh, some news coming up that we, that was revealed on the last, uh, n was it a Nintendo Direct or was it just like a Pokemon-centric Direct? it was Direct? a Pokemon, it was definitely a Pokemon-centered one, um, and I don't remember when it was, but coming out, what was it, the 22nd? 22nd of September, yes, mm -hmm. they're gonna, uh, they're gonna finally release, uh, the Generation 2 Pokemon releases, which is gonna be Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Uh, Wait, Chris I don't think Crystal is coming out. No, I'm pretty sure Crystal is. Okay. Pretty sure. Um, okay. If so, I might have to get that, but I never had Crystal when I was a kid, so I, I don't see the point of it. Uh, this is sort of in response to uh, last year when Pokemon celebrated its 20th uh, 20th year anniversary. 20 years, by the way. Um, 20th anniversary, and last year they released uh, the Generation 1 Pokemon, American Pokemon titles, on the 3DS Virtual Console, which is uh, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. Mm -hmm. I've had those for about a year now, obviously, and I've played not but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe an yeah. hour out of each. Not much. <laughs> I I have really wanted to. I mean, the the the, the intent is there. Doesn't mm. that count for something? Sure. I mean, <laughs> must have been those guys who crushed you super hard. <sighs> okay, so there's <laughs> a story a around around this time, I guess. Um, the game Pokémon Tournament was being advertised, which, by the way, was also I don't know if it was I don't know if this was the initial announcement, but they had the big trailer for it at the same time they announced uh, Gen Two coming back out. That was part of the entire, uh, I think that was part of the whole 
You mean Pokemon DX, right? Yeah, Pokemon DX, yeah, the yeah. re-release for the Switch. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this was back when the first one was being released for the Wii U. Dave um, kind of keeps up more on the on the goings-on of like gamer news more than I do. In fact, 100% more than I do. And he found out that there were, there were going to be some tournaments at a GameStop, or selected GameStops around like uh, SoCal and like I guess the nation too um, on this on this game Pokemon tournament that had not yet been released yet so it was sort of like an even ground for everybody and so we just decided to make a day out of it because the nearest one was like in Irvine right yeah it was in Orange County yeah and so so we just made a day out of it we got there we got there super late I don't know why we took so long oh you stayed the night that night right I did I don't remember why it went so long probably because you were still hedging about not wanting to go because yeah, you were not super interested in I going. was not at all <laughs> we go there well, I've never I've never been to a hang in that way. You know what I mean? Like I've never mm-hmm. been to a con. I've never been to uh I mean just straight up. I've never been to any of these areas where I'm like around my kin. You know what I mean? Uh around my loser gamers too. You know what I mean? Sure. Like uh, so so I went. We brought our 3DSs because why not? And uh, we got in the, the way back of the line. Um, but granted, the line did grow when we got there, so we weren't the furthest back. Yeah. But uh, suffice it to say, we did not make it in. But there were some people around us that, like, uh, I, I think we were fighting about something, right? We were arguing. I don't remember what it was we were talking about <laughs> at all. But it was just it was just so natural. Like, that was the cool thing. Like, it was just so chill to just talk to these other guys who were in line with us. And this was immediately after the first gen re-releases had come out so it was right in the midst of the 20th anniversary celebration for pokemon and we were just like you know we had all basically just started the game and had our starter and like a rattata i guess (laughs) and we're like hey let's try this new wi-fi battle whoa and it was uh it was fun it was i i fought i fought somebody right and i won didn't i i think you were the only person i remember you winning the first game and then i felt like you guys played two more times and you lost those times did i or something maybe i really don't remember those those first battles are always a gamble anyways right like, yeah it's like does my leech seed hit yes great <laughs> no oops i guess i lose like yeah so. but that was cool i do remember i think we were playing smash i was playing smash with somebody or something like that and then you were like i think you wanted you wanted to do a link battle i think on on pokemon over 3ds and i was like i don't know like i don't want to i don't want to waste my battery on the on the internet something like that and you're like you don't want to waste your battery i'm like no he's all like you have your 3d all the way on and your brightness all the way up you don't want to waste your volume battery was all the way up too <laughs> in the middle of this you could barely hear anything you're like i need my volume all the way up obviously because why wouldn't I? And so Dave made me feel very small in front of all those gamers because all those gamers also ended up laughing at me as well. So <laughs> It was a good time. We really bonded over shared interests like Pokemon and laughing and so. I'm not going to say it. Okay. I'm not going to say it. That's going to be too kitschy if no, I end up actually... It's going to no, no, be too kitschy yep. if I end up saying the actual title of the dang podcast. I agree. So... Um, anyways, so move forward to about a year later or so, and uh, now we're finally getting the Gen 2. Uh, this is big news for Dave and I because... Oh, just to clarify, I did double... I fact-checked, and there is no crystal. I actually felt like I remembered this because when it was initially announced, there was some questioning of why crystal wasn't on there. Mm. Uh, crystal was technically... So, <clears throat> it's sort of interesting when the Gen 2 came out because... Technically, all three, uh, Gold, Silver, and Crystal, were Game Boy Color games, quote-unquote. Right. And it was sort of a weird delineation where there were Game Boy games. The Game Boy Color was backwards compatible. You could play all Game Boy games on the Game Boy Color. But rather than being Game Boy games that were optimized for Game Boy Color, Gold and Silver were technically labeled as 
Game Boy Color games that were backwards compatible with the Game Boy, which was a strange delineation. All that to say, Crystal was a legit Game Boy Color game. You mm -hmm. could only play it on the Game Boy Color. The colors on the Pokemon were optimized to actually be the colors they were supposed to be canonically. Uh, I remember specifically Sneasel because he was my favorite Pokemon that generation, had a very different color palette for his ear and some other things in Crystal compared to Gold, Silver, and Crystal was the canon colors. So mm. it, it might have something to do with the fact that it is a Game Boy Color game and they would want to upcharge for it, but I don't, it'd be like a dollar, I think it's only like a dollar more for Game Boy Color games on the 3DS VC, so I don't really know why they're not doing that, but. Maybe they're planning something special for it, I don't know. I doubt it. Okay. I, I just, I don't know, I don't. What, what special thing would they do? Because, well, I mean, Game Boy Advance... No, Game Boy Advance does have... It's, it is on VC, just not for the 3DS. It's on the Wii U VC, but the Wii U is dead. Do you also still have those those GBA uh, uh, VC games that you got for yeah. being that? So so they have the technology, basically. The technology is there, but they, they swore up and down when it happened that these games they were given to the ambassadors of the 3DS, which is to say... Those people who purchased uh, the 3DS before it got its like $80 price drop three months after its release, uh, they swore up and down that they would never re-release those 10 games that you got for free for being part of that, and they never have, and in fact they have never even uh, opened up a GBA VC for the 3DS, despite the technology obviously being there. They waited until the Wii U, and that's the only GBA VC we've got to this point, and we could talk for days about why the Switch doesn't have VC yet and what's going on so there. That's so weird. Yeah. It's just weird. Their decisions like puzzle me. Yes, like, welcome to Nintendo. Yeah, there Their you decisions. Go. So anyway, it's like we said. Next month on September twenty second, uh, they will be released. I will be, of course, getting Pokemon Silver because that's the one I grew up with. Yep. Um, I'll know, be I... getting Pokemon Gold. Okay. Yes, same. Yeah. Yep. Um, I thought we would probably start by just you know talking about like what Gen two was for us because uh, we have we have spoken about this at length uh, with each other and we both agree that Gen two is better than Gen 1. It's kind of weird saying that, though, because you can't have Gen 2 without Gen weird. 1. It's not that weird to me. It's not that weird? No, I, but you, you finish your thought. Well, I think that's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know, because I when I, mean, when I had Gen 1, man, I mean, I I played that to the bone, you know, like, mm. whenever I could. Uh, whenever I had any opportunity to play it, I would do it. Even after I was done uh, done with the game itself, like, all and, and you know, post game wasn't anything in Gen One. Essentially, post game no. was Mewtwo, and then that was it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, even after that, I I beat the Elite Four way too many times to count. Sure. And this was even before I found out about the missing no glitch and everything like that. I just did the Elite Four over and over again because I just wanted to keep playing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, I loved Gen One basically. Gen sure. Two came out. Um, can you find out what your Gen Two came out? Sure. Gen Two. When Gen Two came out. Uh, I, uh, I think it was 98 or 99. 98? It could be off, but that's just a guess. I remember, I have a lot of memories with Gen 2, especially in like the summertime. Uh, I don't think I got Gen 2 immediately when it released, uh, but I do remember having just a lot of memories of like just playing it like in the summertime, being free on my, on my Game Boy Color. You know what? It must be around then because uh, Pokemon Yellow came out and I got it for my birthday along with a, with a Game Boy Color. Um, I remember playing that a whole lot as well, and mm -hmm. uh, so when did it come out? Oh wow! And, and uh, North America didn't actually come out till two thousand, late two thousand at that. <clears throat> okay, that makes sense to me, because um, I was I was just a little kid, I was just a little kid. Um, 
so many things about that game were just like such a groundbreak that I mean I didn't even realize back then were like kind of not heard of in other RPGs like yet at that time but I still just thoroughly enjoyed them the timing system like the day and night system yeah um even like calling people like yeah it the calling system is one of the really interesting ones because I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of insight and I'll talk more about this later, but Gen 3 was a real disappointment to me after Gen 2. Not even necessarily because of anything Gen 3 did wrong, but because Gen 2 just felt like it had it all. And the phone system was really, the phone system was one of the uh, things that I felt Gen 3 was missing that Gen 2 had. Um, but it was a really clunky system when you really think about it. But, <laughs> like, you couldn't, calling people had absolutely no effect. Like, it didn't mean anything. You could only have ten people in your phone at a time, and that affected who could call you, not anything else. And, like, that was kind of interesting because different different people you would have in your phone did different things. Some of them would tell you when really rare Pokemon were around. Some of them would give you items uh, that were potentially fairly rare or exclusive. And others you could battle. And in Gen 2, it was actually kind of rough grinding for some other interesting re design reasons about the game but it it was interesting but you had so little control over what when it would happen that it was almost pointless but when it did happen it gave it so much time like even when people called you for no reason other than to waste your time which thinking about it now that i probably shouldn't even talk about this now but thinking about it now i wonder if that's where toby vox got the idea in undertale for alvish just to call you and waste your time <laughs> because that's kind of what happens a lot in gen 2 like you can only take joey calling you about his ratata so many times before you stop laughing at it being a meme when you're actually in game this was before memes existed back then right. so you know, Joey wasn't going to last long on your phone anyway because all he would do was battle you with his single... I think eventually it became Eradicate. I don't actually remember. <laughs> but it was a really charming system. And everything about the game... And there were so many different things about Gen 2 like that. The, the night and day system was another thing going to Gen 3 when I... You know, they have you set a clock at the beginning of Gen 3 and it's like, oh, sweet, night and day. And then it wasn't back. I actually don't know if it's come back in... It, it started coming... Uh, I guess I mean, it came back in Gen 4. It came back in Gen 4. Well, um, I mean, it, Gen it hasn't really even come back in, in Gen 6 or Gen 7, you know? It came back in Gen 7. Oh, that's right. But, but it was but reversed. Cares? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Gosh, okay, we'll talk about that some yes, other time. Yes, we will. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, um, go back to Gen 1 or 2. Like, yeah, I played the snot out of Gen 1. Like, I love that game. Like, I think that's still the only one to this date where I actually played through it twice, basically with no time in between. I played through it once, uh, just straight up. I was a dumb kid. I trained only my Venusaur, and I solar beamed everything. And I could not figure out why I couldn't beat this darn Charizard that I was 30 <laughs> levels above. Probably because I was using solar beam against the fire flying type. Uh, but I digress. And then the second time I played through it, I'm this is the one time I can remember my entire life where I did this, but I actually used a Game Shark. Oh my uh, gosh. Not because, obviously there are enough ways to hack. How dare you? Pokemon, don't you talk to me about Mr. <laughs> infinite Rare Candy. I actually never did the Infinite Rare Candy thing. I just didn't, like that bother. The only thing I wanted to do was I wanted to start with the Kadabra. Because I just thought he was super cool. So all I did was hack the game to start with the Because you can't start with an Abra because, pro tip, they only know teleport and you will never be able to do anything. Okay, how about this? Let's not call it hacking the game when you're using a game shark, okay? Isn't that literally what it, what you're doing? Sure, but you're not the one doing it. What? But you put the game shark. You're not the one doing it. 
You're not the one are doing you, it. Okay, are you trying to say that I'm insinuating some kind of like hat lead hacker that like went into the code and whatever to do it? And like a game shark, that's obviously not what you're doing. If you like, say you hacked the game, then yes, I think it's fair to say that right, you're trying fair. to. I guess I didn't that. hack it. I just cheated <laughs> with a game shark. Although the code you had to put in that thing to get the specific results made you feel like you were hacking. <laughs> like the the user interface for that thing was absolutely ridiculous by today's standards I don't know anybody it was ridiculous by that that day's standards i don't know i didn't know anybody with the game shark that was just some sort of like enigma like oh you could do this with game shark like oh game shark what's that yeah game what shark. kind of and th- game th- genie is he dangerous is <laughs> who is this game shark but um yeah but gen 2 was just i don't i don't ascribe to the theory that because something comes first it's better mm. i i understand the argument of originality and certainly there's something about generation one of pokemon where that charm will probably never be replicated but i'm just the kind of guy who wants to see something and see it done like as perfected as possible so i i just think that argument's kind of silly and i understand why people make it that originality is a really important thing but i i don't think anybody's going to try to tell you that the original Super Mario Bros. is better than Super Mario 3. I don't think anybody's going to try to tell you it's better than Super Mario World. I don't think anybody's trying to tell you that Final Fantasy 1 is better than Final Fantasy 6 or 7 or 9 or whatever. I would say that's an exaggerated argument, but at the same time, Pokemon is about as huge an empire as Mario by now. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, it Yeah, so... Um, but Gen 2 just did everything... And I found I like this in Pokemon Generations in general. Um, sort of the pattern i've found myself falling into is i like every even number generation and it's i think it's because the even number generations really just take what was done in the previous generation and just try to build on it they're not afraid to let you capture the old pokemon and just add something new to them uh, gen 4 made a lot of old pokemon relevant again with new evolutions and the split of uh moves no longer being just physical or just special based on their type and you know, Gen 2 did something similar where there were so many new... Like, Crobat made Zubat not a complete garbage Pokemon. <laughs> Crobat was actually super legit, and I loved that Pokemon. Uh, and it made a Pokemon that was totally, you know, forgettable, not in terms of design, but in terms of practical usage, into something that you actually wanted to catch and use. And, you know, there were a lot of <laughs> examples like that. And not me, but I, I, see what, <laughs> I see what you're talking about. I thought Crobat was super cool. Uh, uh, but anyway. I, I, had, I had extreme prejudice for anything bad. Was that just because you hated Zubat? I think no, that's a... Actually, I hated Golbat. Um, yeah. The first time I encountered a Golbat in Gen 1, I was scared. Because those sprites were all... I mean, that's the, the sprite work in Gen 1 was legitimately awful. Like, there were <laughs> so many problems with Gen... And that, that version we got was the quote-unquote fixed version from what Japan got. Have and you s- you've seen those sprites, right? Yeah. Those sprites are also, like, bad. Yeah. Oh, no, they're all terrible, but <laughs> it's just... It's incredible that, like, they still got coughing Sprite wrong. Where, like, if you look at coughing and you look at his, like, official art, he's got the skull and crossbones beneath him. But if right. you look at the Gen 1 pixel, it's above him. Right. And he's got this weird thing where he's, like, looking at you, like, staring at the He's looking at you with a sort of, just, like, a, are you, are you yeah, kidding me are right you, now? Yeah, are Is you it? impressed? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... And there were, you know, glitches, and Psychic was just completely bonkers overpowered. It was like, the, they were like, okay, no, it's cool because it's weak to Ghost-type. And like, all right, sweet, Ghosts are really powerful. And they were because they could learn Psychic-type moves, spoiler. But <laughs> you're like, okay, cool, what Ghost-type moves out there? Nightshade. Uh, Nightshade. Uh, oh, that always does fixed damage based on what level I am. Okay, what about the other one? Lick. Uh. Okay, great. Was that Ghost in Gen 1? Yeah, it was Ghost in Gen 1. I thought 1. it was normal in Gen 1. No, that, those are the only two... Ghost type moves, unless I'm forgetting something. Because I feel thing, like I Growlithe so. had Lick. I don't think 
Growlithe did, but it was still Ghost, regardless. Yeah. I mean, Lickitung did, but it was still Ghost. But it was still Ghost, yeah. Yeah. But, and they're like, okay, they didn't show you the power of moves in Gen 1 either, which was just kind of infuriating, but you figured out pretty quickly what were the terrible ones, and Lick was one of the terrible ones, and then you're like, it's okay, it's super effective, and then you use it, turns out the game's glitched so that Ghost is actually completely ineffective against Psychic. So, in addition to taking away one of its only two weaknesses, the other one was Bug, by the way, and every single Bug was part Poison, which, oh hey, it's weak to Psychic, and the Bug moves are terrible, but then you take away one of their weaknesses and you just add a resistance completely, so... Yeah, they fixed a lot of things in Gen 2 that just made... And it's not like they gimped psychic types horribly, but you'd think they would, introducing, like, dark types and steel types were built into it, but everything just felt good. All the balance felt right. It didn't feel like there was a type that was completely bonkers anymore. It felt like you could catch these Pokemon and use them, and it just gave you this really interesting world to, like, go around and explore. The setting was great, this more, um, more rural setting of Japan. I know that... Kanto and Johto are both uh, based on those sort of regions in Japan, and they reflect a lot of that culture, which is awesome. But even when you're a kid and you have no idea that that's going on, you can just feel, I don't know, you just feel the culture and the the overall, uh, I don't know how to put it. Just I know what you care mean, I mean, like, section. Like, Ecritique Town has the two yeah. towers that, like, are kind of built with that Japanese sort of architecture. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, the kimono house and everything, too. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't really think about the fact that Gen 1 had, like, basically none of that. Like, it no, really were, didn't have, a, a, like, a Japanese feeling at all. No, they were very, generic sort of towns. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Gen 2 just... it did, And then you could go back to Kanto. That was, like, the... I don't actually remember if I knew that that was going to be a thing at any point before I discovered that you could go back to Kanto in Gen 2. Like, if I had heard that from anybody... But, man, was it super awesome. Like, the fact that you got eight gym badges and beat the champion and the game didn't end, like, was so cool. Like, it, it, it's not like the gym leaders after that were super challenging. And you could talk about Red and the challenge he offered, but, like, it's not like the, the most of the post-game was very challenging. But it was just really cool seeing all these gym leaders and doing a completely different order. Because you, uh, you start against Surge. He's the first one you beat. Yeah, because you go on the you SS. Yeah, the you take the... It's not the SSN. Bullet no. train, right? Magnet train. No, you do take... No, it is the SSN. Because you take the ship, and then you have to do, like, a big side quest oh, that's right, Saffron to fix the bullet train. That's right, but you don't actually, like, ride the... You don't pat the back of the... Of you throwing. do not pat the back of the captain, but you do ride it. Uh, yeah. You do, because that's, like, what you get for beating it. But it's just interesting, because you went in this completely different order, and seeing, like, Misty, like, grown up and, like, dating or whatever, like, ooh, I'm dating. <laughs> <laughs> Or seeing Sabrina not be a psycho, or when Blaine, like, his whole island is destroyed, and, like, you see your rival who was such a doucher in the first game, like, there and, like, respecting nature, and he's, like, almost a cool dude. It's almost. just, like... Uh, what? what? Just, yeah, almost a cool oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, almost. Uh, but that was just... It was just really cool. It felt like it had everything you could have wanted as a long-time fan of the series, and it just had... So much more. Um, it was definitely a lot more than just it going in color. Like that's for oh, sure. Oh yeah. I think I. I mean, we've had this this conversation before, but I think ev pretty much every aspect of the game from Gen One was improved in some way. Uh, the music was a lot better. You mm -hmm. know, there's some good music in in Gen One as well. Um, but Gen Two's music is just better. Yeah. The towns ha uh, are just better. Um, my favorite tune is either going to be uh, the Azalea Town tune. Uh, the regular gym theme, or the ending credits. 
right? Have we ever talked about the ending credits? I don't song think so. Before? I don't actually remember the ending credits. Oh man, I am head. I am not even gonna bother singing it right now. But I'll show it to you maybe later. But it it it's stuck in my head currently, like as we speak. Like mm -hmm. I love it. And then there's the part where like the credits end, right? And it just like shows the last frame, and then like it goes back to like the start screen, mm -hmm. and then they do like a sort of music box rendition of it. Like I don't know, like not Dang, not I'm that I don't not that <laughs> I don't I think that. uh Gen One had any thought put into it because of course it did. Um, and many of those themes are still standard today as far as Pokemon goes. Mm -hmm. um, but Gen 2's kind of had more heart, I guess, put into it, I think, um, as far as the music direction goes. And the sound direction, um, I also think that the, the Pokemon sound design, like for the actual like, Pokemon themselves, they were updated for the new Pokemon. But it wasn't... They recycled a lot of sound effects, like a lot of the cries in Gen 1, which is like a few minor tweaks. Or I liked tried. that, though, because it yeah. didn't feel like you were so completely out of the world, I don't think. Like, in Gen 1? In uh, Gen 2. I mean. Oh, I was saying in Gen 1 they recycled a lot of... Like, I feel like Hypno and Drowsy sounded exactly the same, and I think... Parasect had like the exact same sound effect as like I think it, as Mewtwo. It was just like pitch shifted a little bit. Parasect, Mewtwo, um, yeah, those were some of the same ones. Charizard, Rhyhorn had the same oh, one. Yeah. Um, a, a couple Horsey, uh, no, 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 like Goldeen, Caterpie, also, yeah. uh, and Poliwag have the same one, basic one also. That's true. Um, I disagree that Drowsies and Hypnos are the same. I think they are sequential, but not the same. Yeah, I mean, they did um, a lot of, like, work on the second version, but, but it, it makes sense because it's progressing because it's the yeah, same exactly. or whatever, but <clears throat> I, think, I think Gen 1 just kind of shows how inexperienced they were at programming and game making just in general, um, and the, the upgrade to Gen 2 is incredible, I think, in no small part because of Satoru Iwata and his work on that. The fact that they were like, we don't know how to fit all the guys, we can't fit 250 Pokemon and 8 badges in this game, like, it's just impossible, and Satoru Iwata's just like, I, like I'll do all that and I'll fit in an entire second like, gym circuit for you, bro. Like no big deal. It's just it's absolutely incredible. I'm betting that's exactly how he said it too. <laughs> I'm sure exactly. That's how they talk. Very, very loose. When I'm trying to think of like what I what I kind of think of most when I when I think about Gen Two is that like I had such a a little boy like affair with Lugia. Um, yeah. I mean, since Lugia is the top dog in in my game, Pokemon Silver, um, I I and this was even probably before Pokemon the Movie 2000 came out, or at least before I saw it. Yeah, that was actually why I assumed it must have come out 98 or 99 because it's called Pokemon 2000. But I think it actually came out 01, which is a little awkward. Yeah, because uh -huh. it came out after the games. But yeah, yeah, but everybody was still obsessed with the number 2000 at that time. And, uh, and Lugia was just my... I don't know why. Lugia was just my favorite. Like, I thought Aeroblast... I, I knew nothing about stats Aeroblast and, like, anything that, like, actually goes into playing an, an RPG effectively. So I just Aeroblasted everybody. Even though there was only five, uh, uh, five power points for each of them, I just did it to everybody. Because the animation of that just, like, blew me away. It was like hyper beam, like, but a little better. circle, but it only it showed up in like quarters or whatever. And like, and like the and screen then, like, was shaking, and it yeah. went to negative two. Yeah, it did go to negative. It's like come on, that. man. I remember, That's you know what? Effect. That was also yeah, one of my other favorite that. things about the Gen two was that they updated the battle animations. Yep. Do you remember Agility's battle animation in Gen two? Not off the top of my head. It was anime. It was anime like <laughs> like. Um, oh yeah, it was like the little lines flying yeah. across the screen. Like, Do you remember Gen one's agility? It was terrible, wasn't it? it well, was like, do you know what it was? Uh, not off the top of my head. It was head. a sound effect that went, Nyew! 
and that was it. Like no movement at all, nothing. It just no like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Lear, even just Lear was, it was way like better. Laser. It was they like laser. It was like laser eyes. Cool. Who doesn't like laser eyes? <laughs> but it's like this is the lamest move. That's like when I, when I was like I first got a Rattata in like Gen One. I was like, oh, tail whip. That sounds sweet. And it was like, oh, his his defense went down. Okay. Yeah, and again, I had no, I had no idea the proper way to to do rippages back in that day. Oh yeah. And and so I kept on doing tail whip a lot. And I was like, why isn't it hurting him? Were <laughs> <laughs> you the kid who did splash all forty times to see if he would do something? Well, that one actually explicitly says nothing happened. So that one I at least uh, I was you at least smart up on. Enough, okay. I picked up on that. That's good. Least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just overall, Gen One or uh, Gen Two rather, I think. Of like colors, you know, obviously because uh, the Game Boy Color had probably about the same palette as like an NES, right? And NES had not a limited palette, but you really only had like saturated colors and like you know not a whole lot of room for like pastels or like any anything that's like sort of like a combined color with a darkness or like a white color. So everything was pretty vivid to me. Everything was like a primary color in my mind at least. And it probably mostly wasn't, but that's, like, what I think of. I think of, like, the yellows on Pikachu. I think of, like, you know, how you can see, like, the the red stripe on his back and things like that, you know? Um, Was it red in that version? I think that's what they could handle. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they fixed that in Crystal, but I don't remember exactly. I remember, like, the, the browns and the greens on Pseudo-Wudo. Yeah. And I remember... The pink on Whitney's, Whitney's milk tank. tank. Yeah, that was as soon as you said pink, that was the first thing I thought of. Uh, aside from actually, well, no, that was pretty much the first thing I thought. Of. I I I really really love the Pokemon community and how like when I discovered like the internet Pokemon community and people end up starting to talk about Gen two, inevitably Whitney's milk yeah. tank comes up, and I'm just like I wasn't the only one. Yeah, at the time it was. Kind of infuriate because, like, if you played, I did. I mean, I did Bulbasaur and you know Kadabra as my starters in Gen One. Uh, so to how'd me, you, the thoughts. You get a Kadabra as your starter. In Gen okay, one? I'm not going. Okay. Are you are you anyway, a hacker? Anyway, okay. Are you the, anyway, are you, are you the four chan? Yeah, I'm pretty lead, bro. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the gyms were not a challenge. Like Bulbasaur is almost designed to give you the easiest path and i didn't even choose him because that i just chose him because the other two people i knew started with squirtle and charmander so like oh, i guess i'll go bubblesaur whatever uh but so i cannot really think i think i actually struggled on erica because i was an idiot and continued using my grass moves me too me uh, too but actually i struggled for erica for other reasons but i'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell that afterwards but barring the fact that i was an idiot uh, i like struggling with the gym was kind of foreign to me and in gen 2 i actually went with cyndaquil uh, for no other reason that i really like cyndaquil's design and Cynical's actually kind of, like, he's good against Bugsy, which is fine, but Falconer does actually have ground-type moves, which sucks, uh, but it wasn't that bad. And then you get to Whitney, and turns out not only is Whitney's middle tank bonkers and can heal itself, like, faster <laughs> than you could do damage, like, even as a Quilava, but Rollout's a rock-type move, as if it wasn't bad enough. Like, Stomp is pretty bad on it. Like, it is actually insane how much damage stomp would do at that level and how but. you always flinch like <laughs> there's anytime st somebody stomps you yeah but anytime you use stop no no yeah. there was some that uh, another thing that was really cool in gentoo they introduced a lot of interesting interactions between moves how stomp would actually do more damage to you if your pokemon use minimize mm. that was one that I, I think that's still in the game uh, but anyway, yeah, Whitney, it was just really weird struggling with the gym leader especially that early in the game so 
I think that's kind of why she's become cult status. But I followed your path actually, like inadvertently. I I was Bulbasaur in Gen One because Professor Oak told me to in the manual. <laughs> oh, he did. That's that manual is sweet because he has a little thing like, if you're forgetting, I recommend going with Bulbasaur. That's right. They did sort of explicitly say that Bulbasaur was easy mode and then Squirtle mm-hmm. and then Charmander. And being the wimp that I was, I was like, I should probably start with that, and so I did. <laughs> and I and I think. I didn't choose um, Cyndaquil because he's a fire type or because of his design. I think I was like because I knew that fire type was hard mode in Gen 1. Mm. So, And I don't know why I had any reason to think that it would be the same in Gen 2, but I did. Yeah, um, it was not. But, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Chikorita was 100% hard mode yeah. in and Gen 2. Not just because the first two gyms are super effective, but because Bayleaf and Magnanium kind of suck. <laughs> but, anyway. And so I... It was the same thing. And again, I had no idea what typings were or anything like that. I just honestly thought that rollout, like when I learned what rollout was, which was that it just gets stronger and stronger every time you go, I thought that's what was getting me. I didn't realize it was because it was, you know, against my Quilava. Excuse me. Not to mention, not to mention that it's a normal type gym. Mm -hmm. The whole gym is outfitted to look like a Clefairy. Everybody else before them has like Clefairies and like Jigglypuffs and stuff. She did like have that. a Clefairy, but you know it sucked. Well, like everybody else before them was like was easy, right? Yeah. I mean they were they were fine, right? And you get to Whitney and you just kind of ah whatever the Clefairy, whatever Miltank. Ooh, Miltank, a cow Pokemon. This is like a, a cow Pokemon. Day. What a joke! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a cow Pokemon. I was like, this is a good idea. Like, oh man, I I feel like when I remember my first time fighting Whitney, I still feel it in my stomach. Wow. Just, yeah, I'm just like the bad. oh, oh, no, oh, oh, God, oh, no, no, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times it took me to try to fight her, but I think it just made me grind a lot more, which then probably just made the rest of the game a lot easier, <laughs> because yeah. I ground so much for Whitney. And then, of course, no, actually, after you the, beat her... The fourth her, gym wasn't that easy either. I didn't remember that being a little challenging, but... The fourth gym was Morty? Ghost, yeah. Ghost. It was fine. I just remember getting wrecked by Hypnosis Shadow Ball a little uh, bit. But, you know, it's variants. And then, of course, after you beat Whitney, you don't get the badge <laughs> right away. Badge. What yeah. happens? You make her cry. Yeah. That was so That was so great. It just added so much personality. Yeah. And there were things, like the fact that Morty was like in charge of things in his city, uh, where he... It just felt so alive. Like, he was doing the thing in the towers, and you had to do that stuff before he would recognize you. And, like, uh, what was the other one? Chuck... Who, like, what was Chuck's... I remember his wife was upset at him because he was getting fat or something. (laughs) (laughs) But there was some gimmick with Chuck. Or in uh, Jasmine, where you couldn't battle her because she was taking care of that. And, like, Koga advancing from Gym Leader to Elite Four. Or Claire having this relationship with... uh, Okay, that got on my nerves. (laughs) I think Claire was designed to sort of get... Claire's really annoying. That's the second Gym Leader that doesn't give you the badge right away. But it was really interesting where they added this backstory. Like, oh, this is where Lance is from. And like, oh, this is his cousin. And they train together. And like, yeah, she's got a lot of attitude. And she thinks she's hot. And she had this relationship with the Elite Four that... All the gym leaders in Gen 1, they had great designs, and some of them had some really cool stuff, like the invisible walls in Koga's place, or Blaine's quiz, which I didn't even realize the first time I played through that Blaine had that quiz element. You had to, like, go up to the wall and talk oh, to no, it. Oh, no, you're right. And I then didn't it realize would, it either. Yeah, and then it would ask you. But when I went in, I just saw, oh, trainer. Oh, fight. Battle fight, like, fight, yeah, fight, yeah. And then the door opened, I was like, oh, I guess I just gotta fight all the trainers. But, um, you know, Gen 1 had that, but Gen 2 just, like, Again, it just took what was there and, like, took it to the next level. It's like, let's add even more personality and, like, more quirks to this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was... 
And speaking of Lance, I mean, like, none of these side, quote, you know, quests that, like, happened there, mm -hmm. I was never bothered by them. You know, uh, go into the Lake of Rage, and then Lance coming in, and you're just kind of like, first of all, you're like, oh, crap, it's Lance. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, that can't be good. <laughs> and and then, like, you have to go infiltrate the hideout underneath, like, the town where Lake of Rage is and stuff like that. The only thing that got on my nerves was that it was like, how many Raticates do I have to keep killing here, you know? Um, well, was it because you couldn't figure out how to turn off that security system? I mean, even I remember the first time I went through that game, like, figuring out how to turn off the security system so you didn't get assaulted by, like, three, two or three <laughs> Team Rockets every time you walked in one of the statues. Just like... <laughs> even that, though, didn't, like, bother me that much, though. I mean, like, I just... I was just excited to go through it all, you know? Mm -hmm. Then the Elite Four, of course, and, and, and you know, as Wait, you well, said before... Uh, well, go ahead. Well, as you said before, going through the Kanto gyms was just... Well, I mean, like, you know, is a treat, right? But it, it was, though, because it was, like, playing to my nostalgia, even though I was still a kid. Mm. But, like, these were towns that I were, like, I was intimately aware with, as yeah. well as the gym leaders, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, going back a little bit to the four, I my one qualm with this game, and I don't want to just gush about it, my one big issue with the game was that it felt like it was designed for a very low-level experience. Like, the the... I don't remember how much I struggle with the Elite Four in Gen 2 compared to Gen 1. And it's kind of a tough comparison anyway, since my first run through of Gen 1, I was an idiot and just solar beamed everything. And my second <laughs> run through, I was a dirty cheater. But I don't remember exactly how much I struggled with it. But it didn't feel as imposing when they were throwing out level 40 to level 42 Pokemon at you, the first couple guys. And trying to get your... I actually realized this when I... I picked up my crystal version and decided to try to do a Nuzlocke a while ago. That's and right. I got I got all the way to the end of Victory Road and I'm like, I really need to grind a little bit because I'm not. This is a Nuzlocke. I need to take it seriously. And you got to go through the entirely foreign champion. Uh, that is quite. That's where my Nuzlocke in uh, when I did it on Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire died <laughs> was on my Elite Four run. But um, you know, I was like, I got to stop a grind. And I swear, like the highest level Pokemon you could find is maybe level 28. And you're going up against, like, you're about to go up against, like, level 40s. And trying to grind your Pokemon against level 28 wild Pokemon is an absolute nightmare. Like, and I don't feel like it gets that much better in Kanto. Because once you get through, they hadn't introduced the mechanics where you could refight the gym leaders. Which was an awesome mechanic when it came out in... I forget if it was in Emerald or later on in Gen 4. But when that mechanic came out, it was great. But it didn't exist yet. Uh, so, all you could do was grind these level 28 Gravelers and hope that Joey calls you. Like, hope and pray that Joey wants to show you his top percentage Raticate. Because that was the only way. If you were not... And, you know, in not Nuzlocke, you can just kind of fight the Elite Four and it's no skin off your nose. Like, you can lose money, but hey, you can give Mom all your money in this version, so who really cares? Uh, but that was the one thing where the... And that wasn't really the end game because you had so much after, but the quote-unquote end game of the Elite Four felt less impressive just seeing the number 40 after some of the elite four and gen one were like pushing 60 like it just it did seem like it was um uh needless i guess unless they could have upped the levels of the elite four again i, I think they were trying to leave room for this stuff in the post game because i think it wouldn't have been too hard to get the level the level scaling pretty much similar to gen one because i don't feel like gen two is any shorter in terms of the number of dungeons or routes you have to go through but the levels were just lower like you go through the victory road and it's like these are like the exact same level pokemon i fought as when i was going through ice road basically which is and it's just like 
the the wild Pokemon don't scale at all. And once you run out of trainers to battle, it is just an absolute nightmare trying to get experience your Pokemon without going through. And even if you're trying to grind your Pokemon to get up to level 70, what you want Avenue? Well, it's the Elite Four, and they're not even packing level 50 Pokemon, most of them. So it's just, it's interesting. I, I would be curious to know what influenced that design decision and sort of what brought them there. Um, I don't know if it was the fact that they heard that Gen 1 was too tough, but it's like, you, you can just grind. Like, that's, that's the nature of RPGs and right. like this and, in And general. there's nothing nuanced about this RPG either. It's just get, mean, the, get the thing, typing, train the thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I, okay, not nothing nuanced, but, like, it, it'd be the same, like, you know, using using your black mages properly in a regular, like, RPG. You know, you're not going to use fire against a bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that's about the amount of nuance I think was in there. Um, so let's wrap up this topic. Um, you know, so this is going to come out in about a month, September 22nd. I'm going to get it right away. You probably might as well. Mm -hmm. um, what is what is probably the biggest thing that you were just looking forward to experience again? Because we had this a little bit before with the re-release of Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and that was great too. We had a lot of fun playing that. Yeah. We played that a long time after it came out initially, but that didn't dull any of its right if it's charm but but this is going to be like actually like a return to form here mm -hmm. so what is, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most in this apparently the end credits theme that i forgot about and missed out on uh thanks yeah i mean no I'm, i am curious to see that again uh i mean just the charm of it all like i just look forward to seeing some of those pokemon that i haven't bothered to use in a while maybe get another golbat we get start <laughs> off with my cyndaquil again uh i don't know there's nothing it just, I mean, we might as well say now, we weren't super impressed with Pokemon Gen 7, and we'll talk about that more another time, but it'll just be That's good putting to, it really nicely, too. Yeah, we'll just be <laughs> playing a Pokemon game that you know and love, and, you know, it'll be kind of interesting, because, like, I I don't remember exactly what Chuck's deal was. I remember his gym in the remake, actually, very well, because you got to, like, turn off all the waterfalls or whatever. And oh, yeah. Those, the, the remake did a really good job with those gyms and making them, the puzzles in them, even more interesting, but, um... Yeah, just sort of remembering what it was like. And I played so much of this game. I remember at one point, we used to go to this place in Warner Spring where it was just like a ranch and you would just like sort of unplug and just be in a really peaceful area. And I played that game <laughs> every waking moment. Yeah. It was like, there were there was actually a period, I remember it very vividly, where my eyes started to itch like crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, That's and like I was actually not allowed to, quote unquote, not allowed. And it wasn't like, I mean, I had to do it for my own health because my parents were like, yeah, you're like your eyes are you're just looking at this game so much on this tiny game of van screen. <laughs> I had to like take a break because my eyes were just actually starting to be affected with it. And it was like it was like going through withdrawals, man. Like I just <laughs> wanted to play, <laughs> but I knew like my eyes were just absolutely killing me. Uh, well, but you're not hardcore unless you <laughs> live hardcore. <laughs> God, like that's the one time that, I've like, never even had that. Yeah, it's funny that you I don't even know that it was necessarily linked, but at the time it was like my eyes are itching, and I I am undeniably playing hundreds of hours of this game on a tiny <laughs> Game Boy color screen before backlighting existed. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> back in the, it really was the dark ages. Like we could say that as like <laughs> old folk. Oh gosh, <laughs> we could say that as old folk, but it was rough playing Game Boy games, but that didn't stop me. That doesn't stop me from playing hundreds of hours on it. And uh, It's funny I because... I think my battery did actually give out on that game. Recently. Even though I knew that... As a side note, even though I knew that Game Gear existed and it had backlighting on it, I didn't care. Oh, the, the Sega one? Yeah. Yeah. Game Gear. Game Gear had, <laughs> had, had backlighting on it and color and everything like that. I had, I had cousins who had Game Gear. Uh, they didn't live close to me, so I didn't get to play it much, but 
it just seemed so incredibly bulky and just wrong to me. Yeah. I don't even remember the fact that it back. All I remember is that it sucked through batteries like a mother. And I feel like the <laughs> cartridges, someone could correct I feel like the cartridges were actually like Genesis size cartridges. Oh, I like don't, they I were don't big. And I was like, this seems so impractical. Like, look how much bigger the screen. I was like, how would I ever take this with me anywhere? Like, this is, this is, like, you'd think the Game Boy was a brick. Like, the Game Gear. Oh, boy. Like, um,. So yeah, I think the thing I'm looking forward to most, and and it, you know, it seems kind of weird, I guess, for a grown man to say this, but it, it's going to be like revisiting like old friends again. I think, you know, I mean, it's funny that you have a vacation memory with you playing and playing this game. I do as well. Mm-hmm. We went to a beach house in uh, in Mexico, actually. I, uh, uh, you know, I guess it was like nine or ten or eleven or something like that. We spent a whole week there. It was a really, really fun time. It was just in, you know, Rosarito Beach. Um, it's a common tourist attraction, so it's not like we were like back in the motherland or anything like that. But it was a lot of fun because the the house that we had was right on the beach, and I spent a lot of time outside. And I had I have some some fun memories of that as well. But during downtime, I was playing Pokemon Silver specifically. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I might have brought other games with me, but they weren't getting played. It was just Pokemon Silver the whole way through. Yeah. So we have we have a lot of strong memories with this game. Like and and you know the announcement of it coming out on VC is pretty exciting. Um, it was actually I was just gonna interject here. It was kind of interesting seeing the reaction to this in general from the Pokemon community because the I think the Pokemon community was pretty hyped about it. Um, but the general Nintendo com- well I don't know if I can even say that because um, I think people at the time of this announcement we got three things we got Pokemon DX. We got Sun and Moon Ultra or whatever, and we got the re-release of uh, Gen 2 on VC, and it felt like the response was really lukewarm for all of them, and I don't know if that was because everyone expected the Gen 7 or even Gen 8 on the Switch, but I just felt the reaction was, oh, it felt like it was all like that, because like, oh, we just got like a re-release of this fighting game for the Wii U that didn't do well. We got... uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon on the 3DS when we already had they they literally had not I don't think they'd even been out for a year when this announcement was made because did they come out last year or had they been out I don't remember exactly but it was not and then it was like uh Gen 2 came out and it was like yeah I guess it's about time but like the response I saw was like a lot of people saying like well like I guess this is cool for the people who wanted it and that really surprised me because I think this might become a running theme for the show because the more I think about what the topic of the show is going to be it's a little bit of sort of animated nostalgia. I feel like everything we're going to be talking about is animated, uh, either because it's a video game or we, we focus on animated movies or our next segment, which we're going to do, is also an animated thing. Um, but it's sort of interesting seeing how these things that used to be like pure nostalgia, like Super Mario RPG is something else that we're going to talk about eventually because it's one of our favorite games. Um, that used to be like the game. Every website you went to was like games that need a re- like that need a sequel. Super Mario RPG like top of the list. Now it's like I remember I I went to a Smash Four uh, tournament for Wii U <clears throat> out in my area and I had to pick this. I just decided to pick this one guy up. He was posting online for a ride. Shout out to Kingslayer, aka the Ride King of the IE. Uh, and we, I don't remember how we got to this topic. I think we were talking about DLC, but it was like, you know, what characters do you want to see? And he's a big Metroid fan, so he's like, dude, Ridley, like, and he's younger than me. He's still in college. Like, yeah, I always want to see Gino. And he's like, you know, I, I never got why people wanted Gino. And I'm like, well, have you ever played it? He's like, no, but I mean, he was only in the one game, and his design even that good. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, there, there really just, has been, yeah. get, get out of my car. <laughs> uh, but it's really interesting seeing how, 
and even seeing the reaction to Gen 7 from other people compared to sort of how we react and their reaction to the Gen 2 re-release, um, it's just really interesting. I don't know if I don't know if we have sort of our nostalgia blinders on. I don't feel like it because we love Gen 6. Uh, yeah, we do. We, we do. I, I, uh, Gen 6 is further along in like the Pokemon lineage, so it's hard to sort of talk about the the improvements uh, on on the previous gens. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are improvements from previous gens, um, but uh, but we do. We do. We did genuinely have a really fun time playing yeah, Gen 6. Like I played a lot of post game on Gen 6 as well, so mm -hmm. it's it's not it's not a full bias on Gen 2 either. Yeah, but I I just saying I think it's going to be interesting to see. How it's and I wonder if that influenced their decision to not put out Crystal. I also wonder if it had to do with the sales of Red, Blue, Yellow. If they just noticed Yellow wasn't selling, but that's Yellow was kind of a gimmick because it was like, oh, you basically get to be Ash. You get to start with Pikachu, and you actually get all three starters because that's not busted. <laughs> uh, so I wonder. I don't know. I'll be curious to see how they do. I would be a little surprised if they bothered to put out Crystal after this if they're not doing it now. But it'll be interesting to see. So yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to um, a next little, I guess, segment, and hopefully a running segment uh, that we're going to be doing with this podcast. Uh, we decided to title it uh, Simpsons Inside and Out, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, that's subject <laughs> that's to change. Because <laughs> apparently Saul doesn't like it much anymore. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll change it every day. Who if knows? If we get clever. Basically, um, I'm a gigantic Simpsons fan, um, you know, of, of like who you expect the gigantic Simpsons fan to be basically only the earlier seasons and definitely not so much the newer seasons that come out. Dave is not, not a fan of the Simpsons, but he has only ever seen about two episodes, I think in his yeah. lifetime, maybe a couple like with me or whatever like that, but I doubt he's ever like kept them to memory. So, uh, Dave actually uh, pitched this idea that it might be interesting for us to watch a Simpsons episode, you know, off the air, quote unquote, and then we can hear, you know, we can start talking about the episode from the insider's perspective, which would be mine, and then the outsider's perspective, which would be Dave's. Uh, I'm going to, I will pick the episodes myself <laughs> and just make sure that, you know, uh, as we noted, like, you know, Dave was saying, like, aren't there, like, story arcs? And I was like, there are, like, no story arcs. And then he started mentioning some particular characters we'll talk about later and then i'll be like okay fine I'll, I'll just i'll i'll pick and paw these episodes myself to make sure that there's no conflicts there even though i'm sure he knows exactly what these arcs are anyways but what whatever yeah, kind of but I, I have no idea how they influence later events or like how much they get referenced or even i don't even know how much simpsons relies on inside gags honestly but... um not much and well whatever it, it's all right either way this episode that we have that we just saw has none of which basically so didn't seem like it um so this, the first episode we did is uh, from a Season 7, Episode 14, called Scenes from the Class Struggle in Springfield. Uh, a quick synopsis of this episode is that uh, the, the Simpsons TV breaks down because Grandpa Simpson breaks it. And so they go all the way out into an outlet store, like in, in Ogdenville, which is sort of like the hick town in the Springfield area, and they buy a new TV. Uh, since they're there, uh, Marge and Lisa decide to go dress shopping, and she finds a Chanel suit uh, that's priced for $90 that was marked down from 2800 And so Marge decides to splurge on herself, although it takes her some, some uh, resistance. And basically, uh, Homer, being the cultured person he is, they don't do anything with it. Uh, Marge happens to be at the Quickie Mart while wearing that suit and runs into an old uh, high school friend of hers, kind of friend, um, and she sees her inside this Chanel suit and decides to invite her to her country club because she thinks she's like kind of high class. 
Um, at first, the Simpsons have a whole lot of, you know, aversion to go into this club, um, you know, because it's not them. It's a little too highbrow for them. But then they all end up finding something to enjoy about it. Lisa finds horseback riding. Uh, Homer actually gets into golf. Bart... Something. Bart, yeah, Bart is not featured very much. I guess not. No, episode. that's okay. So anyways, Marge only has the Chanel suit. So she's trying all she can to alter the suit every once in a while to make it seem like she's she has this fresh new wardrobe and whatnot. And so the time finally comes for them to do their initiation dinner. And she ends up accidentally messing up the suit in her sewing machine. So she's so desperate to get in with this crowd, though, in this country club, that she ends up buying a full-on new Chanel suit for $3,300. Um, and as they're about to go inside the country club with the whole family, Marge is being very stickler with each of them, saying, like, you know, Homer, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, and everything like that. Even giving a sneer to Maggie for, you know, sucking on her pacifier. Um, and then she realizes, of course, that this isn't her, and this isn't her family. And so even before they go back inside, they decide to leave. Um, and they end up just going to a Krusty Burger, all in full suit and everything like that. Um, so that's the basic synopsis of the episode. Uh, it is, I could say it's one of my favorites. I think I could say that about most episodes, though. Um, so let, let's, let's hear first from the outsider perspective, from watching this for the first time. Uh, I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it. It was just good fun, uh, good laughs. Um, one thing I'm only realizing now is that... I had sort of completely forgotten that the episode starts off with Grandpa breaking the TV. <laughs> and I think it's sort of become almost a trope. I don't remember if this was a thing that Family Guy did specifically. And not that I'm like, I know very little about TV shows in general. But I do remember, I feel like it was sort of a stick in Family Guy or something where the episode would just start with a complete non sequitur. It would just start off with something that had nothing to do with anything the rest of the episode. Uh, and I don't know if that's something that is that the Simpsons does regularly, but it felt like that, but it, I didn't realize that it felt like, that it, that's what it was until now, because it really flowed into the rest of the episode perfectly. Like it just, the way it did it made you, it didn't force you to realize like, Hey, this is a non sequitur. And that's why it's funny. Huh? It was just a funny situation that you could see happening to these characters. And to start off with the TV show that I'm sure we'll see a lot more of with the Hispanic uh, bumblebee man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. That's how you can tell I'm an outsider because I <laughs> refer to him as Hispanic B. Uh, <laughs> you could have called him LB bay. or something. <laughs> that's how you say. That's how you say B in Spanish is B. You would know, David. Thank. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was just, and that started off a gag where they drop him off at the whatever the home, and then they immediately cut to three of the family members just cheering loudly about it. And that actually might have been. One of my favorite gags in the whole episode. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it does a good job of, like, establishing these characters. Like like we said, Bart was just kind of, like, there. But, you know, this felt, even as someone from the outside, like, it felt like Lisa. It felt like Homer. Marge is a little bit less established to me as an outsider, but you can tell pretty quickly the kind of character that they're... Because it was interesting when Lisa said something like, oh, you don't have to justify this to yourself. And she's like, oh, you're right. When she was talking about buying the dress. Right, right. When she's talking yeah. about buying the dress, she's like, oh, you're right. This is good for the economy. Like, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can immediately just tell, like, this is something that I'm sure we're going to see. And it's something that she had probably been, like, for a long time. And fans sort of knew, but they were just acknowledging, like, yeah, this is one of the caricature sort of aspects of this character. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it was good. I mean, the ending was, like... Is exactly what you'd expect. Like, oh, they realize family's more important, mm -hmm. and this isn't where they belong. But it, it didn't feel like cliche. It was just fun, and I always, you know, in what little I've seen, I've always loved 
anything involving Montgomery Burns. So uh, <laughs> the subplot with uh, Homer golfing with him was it was great. And yeah. This, uh, and the gag where the professional golfer or whatever comes and teaches Homer <laughs> how to swing and takes his clubs back. Uh, yeah. And even Krusty. There are so many little gags. It's really the the pacing is really good and sort of the placement of the gags and how quick they come when they're supposed to come uh it's super solid it is yeah um i i guess coming from the 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 insider now perspective i suppose is uh this episode is pretty important because uh much like you know because you brought up family guy much like family guy doesn't do very many uh meg centered episodes uh there aren't so many like at least in the earlier years marge centered episodes um, so much so that it was legitimate dialogue to have Lisa say, like, you know, you never spend anything on yourself or whatnot. Because Marge is Marge is just a loving mother and, like, a good housewife mm-hmm. and, and a really good stay-at-home mom, essentially. That, like, you know, she wants to keep her family, you know, happy. It's family she keeps first. Them. Yeah, exactly. The house is always clean. She's always cooking for them and everything like that. And, like, I mean, my mom is, is I say still now, just the same way. It's always family first and, like, and her second. Um, and and that's exactly what you see with Marge, even in a comedic sort of way. But that's it. And so it's like in the beginning, it's like you're happy. Like even though she might be going a little overboard trying to get in with the country club crowd, you know, it's still like you're still rooting for her in a way because it's like, yeah, this is something nice for her, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know she kind of turns into semi the villain, I suppose. I mean, you know, if you want to think of it that way. And then you know everything comes out good in the end. Like it's just a good, it's a good sort of sort of vignette into like Marge's. Uh, you know making marge more than just the the housewife character you know um it's good stuff the subplot yeah is is great it's what's also great about it is that it's a subplot that happens in like the last third of the whole like episode you know what i mean it's not like you know from the beginning homer was like always wanting to get it kind of comes out of nowhere yeah like at first it's just a gag about what's he gonna do with this country club oh i guess it's golfing and then yeah it just like evolves into him being pretty good at it and like golfing in the company bathroom or whatever and you know mr burns and smithers seeing it because of course we have cameras everywhere (laughs) and you know the running gag of smithers who's that whatever insert weird descriptor about whatever homer happens to be doing at this particular time Mm -hmm. uh yeah and then into a full subplot this is funny because it involves mr burns so why wouldn't it be the running joke with Krusty was also just great. Like they could have done that with any character, but like Krusty just has good reactions yeah. to things. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny then. I think it's funny now. Um, I would say that like not a lot of my favorite gags have come from that episode. But it is an episode that I would never, like, shy away from, you know? Like, if it happened to be on TV, you know, of course I'd be like, ooh, I like this episode, yeah. you know? It's one of those. There didn't seem to be, like, any one gag where it was like, oh, this is this is the gag that makes the episode. Or, this is the gag this re- episode will always be remembered for. But it's just a solid episode. Yeah, because they all kind of have the same plane. Um, I mean, the one that I'm thinking of right now is, like, that one other, like, country club member in like Marge's little circle at the very end was I hope she didn't take my attempts to destroy her personally and <laughs> something like that yeah um, my country club members did have a couple of good lines what was the one like she just thinks wit as a humorous comment <laughs> delivered with perfect timing yeah. after insightful insight it's like oh wait a minute oh wait oh I get, <laughs> oh, yeah oh, huh. okay <laughs> Um, everything, everything Homer does in these seasons that's like physical humor is just great. In the newer seasons, and I'm going to do my best to not have to just always, you know, dump on the newer seasons. We're trying not to just be those guys. I'm trying. Even though we don't like Gen 7. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and so I'm try I'm gonna try not to constantly just dump on the new seasons, but the new seasons do rely a lot on Homer's physical comedy in that way, which just sort of uh, translates to him getting hurt a lot and sometimes funny ways, but it's just sort of like he's been hurt literally every way that we've seen so far. So it's nothing new. In this one, there's like Homer trying to tee off. He like puts his shoe on the on the on the golf ball like next to another golf ball. Next to another golf ball. And then he swings the club just right on his shoe. I'm just like I mean like I don't know what the writers are thinking. Like, okay, so he's gonna do this wrong, but exactly how wrong yeah. is he gonna do this? Um, yeah, and then the, the celebrity golfer comes in, you know, uh, they had very little reliance on celebrities back then, and even this one just works, because he's so neutral, you know, so... I don't know if he, he might be a class A golf celebrity, but a class A golf celebrity is a class, like, <laughs> celebrity to the rest of us who are like, who? Like, I don't... Uh, zing, I guess. Zing. Sheesh. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you were, I guess if you were going to give this, this episode out of a 10, what are you going to give it? Kind of hard, considering I've only seen, like, two other episodes. Well, this might be okay, though, still in the outsider perspective. It's an eight. It's like, an eight. Yeah. You know what? I'd, I'd give it that, too. Yeah, you know? Like, it's not the best in the series. It's not the best in the season. But it's still a good It's still a yeah. good one. And maybe my opinion... Well, I mean, maybe it shouldn't change as I see more. Like, you don't have to... I probably shouldn't necessarily change. Anyway, yeah, I think an eight is fine. It's good. Yeah. Just, I enjoyed... I didn't have any... Never while I was watching it today, so like I wish I wasn't watching this. And there's a lot of yeah, it was really interesting how much stuff. Like even now, I'm thinking of the other gags, like Lisa with the horse or whatever. Like oh, there's shit. so much interesting little things like shoved in there, and they don't feel shoved in. It's just this is a natural thing. It's that the happens. natural progression, yeah, right? Yeah. That I mean, that's what made the show so good. And I just no, I, I gotta I gotta not. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm okay. not gonna. Nobody All wants right. to hear that. They cool. can go to YouTube anytime to see stuff like that. Okay, well that's. That's about it, I guess, for the first episode. I guess for the first try. Um, I don't think we ever said the podcast name. They can read it. <laughs> okay, I just thought it's they can work a computer to, to listen introduce to can... people to what they're listening to. You know what? Then but fine, you go ahead. Okay, you go ahead. You go ahead. You want to do this? Go ahead. I didn't want to do this, but I I was just noting that we didn't do. Okay, thank you for listening to Why Do I Talk to You podcast. Uh, I have been Dave Gamer Dave Naple. Uh, you can't find me anywhere on the internet yet because I don't want to be found, but I'll figure that out eventually. <laughs> I've been Saul Starsheep for. Um, you can't find me anywhere on the internet because I'm not relevant. So <laughs> they can find you. You can find him at Starsheep4 on Twitter.com. Sure. My last post is in 2010. Great. You'll have plenty of space to make your own. Fantastic. Great. Um, but you're not anywhere yet? You don't have that handle anywhere so far? I don't remember my Twitter, Twitter handle. Your Twitter. My Twitter. Yeah. My Twitter. Is it Ninja Trainer, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. I, so, I don't know. So our horde of fan can now try to find yeah. Ninja Trainer. If you can yeah. find me and you follow me, I will accept you if I log in. How's that? <laughs> That's a deal. Well, um, if you have made it to the end of this podcast full and through, uh, we just want to say, first of all, congratulations. <laughs> you are a trooper. Uh, but on the real, just thank you so much uh, for giving this a shot. Uh, hopefully it, it was entertaining for you. I think Dave and I had some fun doing this as well. We sure did, yeah. And, um, and we're, we are certainly open to a whole lot of different topics. Uh, we have many plans, but you know, if you happen to want us to cover something, we will certainly see if we care enough to do that. 
And <laughs> let's see if we care enough about your interest to do something for you, well, I mean, Mr. Fan. Well, I mean, we're the big time now, right? We have oh, a podcast. Yeah. That's how it works, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're not sure exactly yet on the timeline of how often these are going to come out, or even if the pitchforks are going to come soon to my house and telling us to stop. Um, God, we really love this, don't we? I, I guess We have so. a whole lot we're, of faith in this podcast. Gluttons, gluttons for punishment here. In any case, uh, again, thank you for listening, even if you just skipped all the way forward and just wanted to give this a shot. Um, we will get better, I promise, and uh, we will cover a myriad of different topics here. So, so anyways, uh, like we said before, just thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we will be back again very soon with a new episode, and we will catch you then. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,